0: Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. So today it's an extra special episode. I am diving into your most asked canning questions. And this is actually something I'm also recording live on my Prairie Homestead Facebook page. So I have some questions that were submitted ahead of time. And I'm also going to be answering the questions that are coming in live. So this will be super fun. Here we go. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers. The Mavericks, the Makers, the Homesteaders, the Modern Pioneers, and the Backyard Farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by Recap Mason Jars, which is a company that makes the coolest little mason jar attachments ever. I've been working on beefing up our pantry storage lately because, let's face it, Grocery shopping is just weird right now and I'm trying to make as few trips to town as possible. Hands down, mason jars are one of the very best pantry storage containers you can use and they're even more convenient when you fit them with a special recap lid. These lids come in a variety of styles, flip top, pour spout, shaker inserts, and even sprayers and soap pumps. They're the perfect way to reduce plastic waste and make your pantry more functional all at the same time. Grab a five-piece starter set of recap lids and try the best of these handy little accessories while they're at an introductory price and bonus. You won't even have to pay shipping. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash lid to have a look. All right, so first off, thank you so much to everybody who's joining me live. Um, I think we've done one other episode where I did a live and a podcast at the same time and it was super fun. Normally I'm sitting in this room talking to myself when I record a podcast, so it's kind of cool to have some live interaction. Thank you for all the hearts. Thank you for all of the thumbs up. Keep them coming, Um, especially if you hear something that's extra helpful. So I have a few questions on my piece of paper here. I'm going to go through those first, and then I'm going to come back and answer the questions that are coming in on my screen in front of me. Hopefully I can read them. I might have to squint a little bit because the phone is set up a ways away from my face. All right, question number one. Can you can without any special equipment. So you can actually. How many times can we say can? Maybe we should start counting that. Um, You may can without special equipment. Now there is a little bit of a caveat there. You cannot pressure can or you cannot can low acid foods with just any old equipment. You need special equipment for that. But when it comes to high acid foods like jams, jellies, um, applesauce, peaches, things like that. You absolutely can use a regular old stock pot and some very simple kitchen tools. So, we just published a post on this very topic and it is on the blog theprairiehomestead.com. If you want to um, check it out, we also posted a link here on the Facebook page. I think it was this morning maybe or yesterday, so it's really fresh to the top of the page. So go check that out. I have some little hacks for you on how you can use regular old things you already have around your house and put them to use for canning and you don't have to go invest in special equipment. Also, before we get any further, I wanted to let you know um, that if you are new to canning this year, or maybe you just need a refresher, it's been a while, I have opened back up and refreshed my Canning Made Easy course. And what that is is just a digital course. It's about 150 page ebook and 20 something odd videos where I just walk you through the steps, all the safety stuff, all the little tips and tricks. So if you're feeling a little uncertain, it's definitely something worthwhile to go check out. And we've dropped the price this year just to kind of reflect COVID and all the craziness. So go check it out. It's learnhowtocan.com and you can see what's included and and get all the details. Okay, next question. Is it possible to can squash? So I actually had to look this one up because um, I have canned winter squash like pumpkins before, but I have never canned summer squash. And so I was like, I don't know, maybe you can't do summer squash. So I did some research. And what it looks like is that the USDA has recently changed their recommendations that they no longer recommend you canning summer squash unless you turn it into pickles, right? So squash is a low acid food. So if you were to can it, it would have to be done in a pressure canner. And the USDA is kind of like, we're not sure We can't come to a conclusion of what good um, practices are with summer squash, so they have taken it off the list of recommended foods for canning. Now, like I said, if you want to do pickles, squash pickles, which I've never done, maybe that'd be good. I don't know. If you've tried that, let me know in the comments. Um, You can give that a try. Um, Or the other option is just freeze the summer squash and then can the winter squash, like your butternut, um, your Hubbard's, your pumpkin's. And I have done that, and that worked out really, really well. In the instance of pumpkins in particular, what I did was I peeled the pumpkin, and I chopped it into cubes, and then I pressure canned the cubes. And when I was ready to make my pies or my pumpkin breads, I just drained the liquid out and smashed it up, and it was just like you would expect it to be. You just want to avoid canning a puree, like a pumpkin puree, like you might find in the store-bought pumpkin at the store, because... Um, that is where we can get into some issues with the food not being heated properly. So does that make sense? Hopefully, um, skip the summer squash with a canning. You can can the winter squash, just do it in cubes in your pressure canner. All right, what is the best advice for a newbie who has never canned before? I would say start with water bath canning, potentially um, a jam or a jelly or even pickles. They're really, really hard to mess up. You're going to like the result. I bet your family really enjoys it. So I'll just keep it simple. Stick with water bath, learn the ropes with that, and then graduate into pressure canning. Okay, I'm getting some squash pickle feedback. It says squash pickles are amazing, very addictive. Squash relish is amazing. Good deal. Um, Susan says, what about making zucchini relish in a water bath canner? I did it last year. Yeah, absolutely. Because a relish has acid in it, that's safe for water bath canning, 100%. Cool, I'm glad to hear that the squash pickles are good. Maybe I need to try that. Okay, Um. I don't want a pressure canner. What can I can with a water bath canner instead? So a lot of things, actually. You can do anything that has a lot of acid. Uh, an acidic food can be canned with a water bath canner. Um, so things like pickles, relishes, tomato sauce with a little extra lemon juice added just to be safe. Um. Fruits are very acidic, so applesauce, peaches, pears, cherries, jams and jellies. All those are going to be really great candidates for water bathing, and they're very safe. Um, And the reason that is important to always know what, what sort of food and how acidic it is is because we need that combination of acid combined with the heat of the water bath process in order to make those foods shelf stable. But it's a great place to start and very, very safe as long as you're following a recommended recipe and you're not kind of going rogue and making your own recipe. That's where you can get into trouble sometimes. What kind of pressure canner do you recommend? I have a all-American. I believe it's a 21 something quart and it holds seven quart jars and if you want to do smaller jars it has a rack so you can stack them on top of each other. I love it. I bought it eight or nine years ago. It looks brand new even though I've used it a ton. It is heirloom quality, I think. I'll be easily passing it on to my kids. And I love that it has a dial gauge and a weighted gauge. So I don't have to get the dial gauge tested all the time. That's one downfall to a canner that just has a dial gauge. You have to make sure it's accurate Um, and it's heavy duty. So I love them. The only bad thing is they are sold out across the nation. Um, Everybody's canning right now. So it's extremely difficult to find a pressure canner especially that all American brand. My um, assistant Michelle was just talking to the manufacturer this morning and they are really backed up, which is just makes me sad because I want everybody to start canning this year. And it's going to be a little bit limiting as far as the pressure canning goes as to whether or not you can find a canner. So maybe you have one already. Maybe you can get one at a garage sale or buy it from a friend who's not using it. Um, but I will just say all American's my favorite for sure. Why does your canning pictures show the cans without rings on them? Why did you remove the rings? So great question. This is something, there's a lot of debate in the canning world over different things. And this is one that can generate a little bit of debate. Um, So when you are done canning jars, right, the lids are the things that suck down and make the popping sound. And that seals the jar. And that is what keeps the food shelf stable and safe. And the only reason we put rings on those jars is just so the lids don't fall off when it goes into the the canner, into the water, or into the steamy pressure canner. So technically, when you are done with the jars and the lid has sealed correctly, you can remove the rings. And they absolutely, the lid should not go anywhere if you had done it properly. Um Now, It's recommended by a lot of canning authorities that when you go put your jars in the pantry that you leave the rings off because number one you don't need them. Number two sometimes food residue will get kind of it'll bubble out of the jar which is not bad necessarily while it's processing and then it'll create residue and it'll get moldy and gross if you leave the ring on in the pantry and then the other reason would be is that sometimes you might have a jar with a bad seal and the lid unseals and then if that ring is still on there, it kind of forces it back down and it might reseal a little bit. And that's where you could get in trouble with a spoiled jar of food. I've never had that happen. Side note, not even once. I've never even had a jar become unsealed in, in storage, but just in case, it's better to be safe than sorry. And I always remove my rings. Um, I do think that is a best practice. I know some canners who don't do it and they haven't had a huge issue. So Use your judgment, go with common sense. I feel like it's just a really easy thing to do. And then I can reuse the rings over and over. Okay, is it safe to buy a used pressure canner so I can stay in my budget? Um, Yes, it is. You can get them used. I would say a couple things you need to look for. Um, Do not get one that is dented or misshapen at all. Skip those. Make sure that if you have the canner with a rubber gasket, that you either replace the gasket or you make sure it is not cracked or damaged. Um, and then if it has a dial gauge only, you need to mail that gauge into the manufacturer or your local extension office and get it checked for accuracy. Because the, the issue with a pressure canner, and this is what people get really nervous about, is if that dial is not correct, and let's say you think it's it, um, this much pounds of pressure, but it's actually way higher, you could potentially cause it to explode. And that doesn't happen very often, but that's why we're really careful with our accuracy. Or on the flip side, if the dial is actually showing a certain pounds of pressure, but it's really lower, um, you could potentially be creating problems with your food because it's not processing at the correct amount of pressure. So always get your dial gauges checked. Even if you're just using your own canner from year to year, it's always recommended that you mail it in and get it get it tested before you get back into the canning routine. Hot pack versus cold pack. What is your preferred method and why? It kind of depends on the food. I would say that as far as quality long-term, hot pack is better. It takes a little bit more of that uh, steps as you're in the kitchen, but it reduces the amount that the food shrinks once it goes in the jar. So here's an example. Um, A couple years ago, I canned some pears and I just wanted to do raw pack where I just uh, chopped up the pears, put them in the jar and covered them with hot water and a little bit of honey, I think. And they are a high acid food. So I was able to use my water bath canner. And because I skipped that step of cooking the pears down a little bit first, they shrunk in the jars as they were in the canner. And it didn't ruin the pears and it didn't hurt the seal of the jars, but I ended up having the pears kind of floating at the top and I had um, a layer of liquid at the bottom. And it just is kind of unsightly. It's not as desirable to eat. It doesn't mean it's rotten, it just isn't my favorite. So I would say for the most part, I do like to cook the fruits or the vegetables or whatever it may be a little bit before I put them into the jar with the hot liquid. Do follow the recipe, though, right? Sometimes recipes give you a preference or give you, excuse me, give you a choice. So if you have a choice, generally I lean toward hot pack. There are some foods you don't have a choice and you need to cook them ahead of time. So just go with your recipe. Um, But I'd say hot pack is going to give you just a little better quality food in the long run. Um, How long do you leave your jars in the canner before removing them after the pressure has reached zero? Okay, so this question is referring specifically to pressure canning. So it's really important when you have jars in your pressure canner that you never, never, never try to remove the lid if the canner is still pressurized. So no matter what, you wait until the canner is completely at, you know, depressurized. It is at zero pounds of pressure before you try to take the lid off. Um, But she was asking how long I leave them in after we reach zero. And I would say it depends on um, how much of a hurry I'm in. If I have another batch of food that I'm really trying to get rolling that day, once it reaches zero, I'm probably gonna wait 10 minutes and then take the lid off. Otherwise, if I can, if I have the luxury of more time, I might leave them in the canner for an hour, I don't know, just to let everything cool down a little bit before I take the lid off if I'm not in a hurry. I don't think it matters a whole lot as long as you never remove that lid when there's any pressure in that canner whatsoever. All right. Do you put your lids and bands in warm water ahead of time or do you keep them dry? So I used to always gently heat my uh, jar lids because that was what was recommended just to get that sealing compound warmed up and ready to work. Uh, But I've since realized that a lot of lid manufacturers have changed the recommendations and they say that's not 100% necessary. So I've tried it both ways. I have not noticed any difference at all. In how the jars seal. So with my new canning lids what I do is just put them on dry and put the rings on dry. If you're concerned, I don't think it's gonna hurt it at all, to heat them gently. I wouldn't boil them, but just gently heat them on a pan of warm water uh, just to get that that compound more activated. Probably doesn't matter too much either way at this point. Do you add citric acid and lemon juice to tomatoes to water bath them or do you go ahead and pressure can them instead? So you can do either one. And we actually created a big blog post last year talking all about the tomato canning debate because there is debate. (laughs) And I know some of you have strong feelings on that and it's fine. Um, Here's the deal with tomatoes. Tomatoes are an acidic food, right? You know that. If you have a, a paper cut on your hand, when you cut up a tomato, you feel the burn. It's got acid in it. But some varieties of tomatoes have less acid than others. Also, Some tomatoes, acid levels will vary depending on when you harvest them, how they were grown. There's just a ton of factors involved. And it's really, really, really hard to know exactly how acidic your tomatoes may be. So what is recommended is that when you can tomatoes, you just add a little bit of acid. Um, Lemon juice or vinegar would be my choice. And you just add a little bit more just to bump that level up in case it's on the low side. And then you can easily water bath can them. You can also pressure can tomatoes, but honestly, whenever I have a choice, I usually lean towards water bath canning, if it's an option, sometimes it's not. Um, But because it's just a little bit simpler, I don't have to heat up the kitchen quite as long. So either way, you add the acid in water bath or you pressure can, but that's what is the current tomato recommendation by the canning gurus, I guess. Um, How can I can jam or other foods without so much sugar? I love this question because this used to bother me so much because I would have this amazing fruit and then I would read the recipes and they're like, take one cup of strawberries and six cups of sugar. And I'm like, no, you're missing the point of why I want to can the strawberries in the first place. I don't want to can the sugar. Um, Anyway, so what I have done since then is I have used Pomona's Pectin. It's a special type of pectin that does not need sugar in order to set up. It uh, uses calcium water instead. So you can can jams and jellies or syrups with um, honey or fruit juice or nothing at all. And it's not that expensive. I usually get a couple boxes at a time. It's a really good investment and I think it's just way better for you than um, using a lot of sugar in all of your fruit recipes. Now, I actually have a whole mini course that you can watch for free. It's called the Mini Jam Makers Course. And if you go to the prairiehomestead.com slash jam, J-A-M, you can get access to that. It's free. Just put in your email address, and I'll tell you more about Pomona's in that course um, and how to do the jams and jellies without all the sugar. Can you can pesto? Um, So no, canning pesto is not recommended because it does have cheese in there, and botulism can hide in cheese. It can hide in the fats like the olive oils, right? So it just has those ingredients you want to skip. Um, but you can freeze pesto really, really easily. And that's what I do. In my cookbook, we have the homestead pesto recipe. Some of you have made it and love it. And I will make a whole bunch depending on whatever I have out in the garden. And I freeze it in little jars. I leave some headspace, right? So it'll crack, but freeze them in jars and it does beautifully. So I just skip the canning when it comes to pesto. What is the one canned thing you must have on your shelf every year? That's hard. There's a couple. Um, But I think the number one is tomato sauce. No matter what happens, I will have tomato sauce because we use so much of it. And so I grow primarily Roma and San Marzano tomatoes out in my garden because they're the best paste slash sauce tomatoes. And so I put up as many jars of sauce as I can, Um, (laughs) to be honest. That is A stressful process to me. I don't know why because I mean canning in general doesn't stress me out but there's something about tomato sauce because the tomatoes come in in boxes and bucket loads and there's usually some green ones and some red ones and I it's usually in the middle of something crazy going back to school or something we're really preoccupied with and I always find myself late at night in the kitchen sorting and smashing tomatoes. So I love having the sauce but sometimes the process is a little crazy but it's worth it. What is your favorite recipe for using canned chicken? Um, We Okay, so that canned chicken, I have the link on the, or a blog, I have a blog post on it. Um, We posted that I think last, maybe it was this year. I don't remember, it's all running together. All the blog posts are running together. But anyway, if you go Google Prairie Homestead canned chicken, you'll find it. It's so good, it is so good. Um, And I have a few jars left and I'm like hoarding them because I don't want to let anyone in my family just eat them, I'm gonna like use them for something important. But I love to make quesadillas or tacos with the canned chicken. You can it in cubes. You could also can it in bigger chunks, but I can mine in cubes, shred it up. It's really good. Or you can literally just eat it out of the jar. You could put it in soups, uh, casseroles, skillet meals. It's really nice, and it frees up the freezer. So go check that out on the blog. If you want some chicken tips, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move my microphone out so I'm not, like, on top of it that makes the audio on the podcast not great. And then I'm going to try to pull my phone over so I can read your questions and go through some of the questions that came through while I was talking. So here we go. Um, Why do jars burst while water bath canning? Should I only use brand new jars? You know, Diane, I think you absolutely can use used jars. Just make sure they don't have any cracks or anything like that. Sometimes I think jars burst, occasion. I've had it happen every once in a while. They get a crack. It just makes me so upset every time it happens, but it happens. Um, I think sometimes it's because they have hairline cracks or imperfections in the glass we just can't see, and then we put them in there, and there they go, or sometimes it can be caused by a drastic temperature change. So if you haven't heated the jars up ahead of time, or you have not had enough uh, hot liquid in the jars to kind of slowly increase the temperature on the glass before it goes in the boiling water pot. That can sometimes be an issue, but sometimes I think it's just the the way it goes and that you get those jars that have those little cracks. So don't beat yourself up too much because it happens to the best of us. Okay. Getting a lot of votes for the squash and zucchini relish. So Linda asked, my strawberry jam came out like syrup. What happens? This is actually pretty common, Linda. So there's a couple things. Um, It's probably a failure in the pectin of some sort. So potentially when you were adding the pectin to the fruit and then heating the fruit, because you have to boil it for a few minutes, you know, after you add pectin, maybe it wasn't boiled enough. Maybe it was boiled too much. Maybe your pectin was bad. There's a lot of factors. If you go get that jam course, it's free, the prairiehomestead.com slash jam. I will show you um, a sheet test. It's called the sheeting test with pectin and it'll help you know before you put it in the jars whether or not it's gonna gel up, and that's been really helpful, helpful for me to learn that little trick. What if you don't reach the correct head space? So Stacy, if you don't have headspace, and for those of you who aren't sure what that is, it just means how much space you have at the top of the jar from the food level to the rim of the jar, and recipes will specify different head spaces, and it's really important that you pay attention. But if the head space is incorrect, Um, generally it just means the lid will not seal properly. So you might get away with it on occasion, but for the most part, it'll cause some sealage. Sealage, is that a word? It is now. Sealing issues, how about that? Okay, can you water bath can apple butter? Yes, apples are acidic, so you should have no problem canning that. Canned green beans, yes. Amy, you can absolutely can them. They are low acid food, so you will need to use a pressure canner unless you turn them into pickled beans. And in that case, because you have that extra vinegar, then they're acidic enough to be done in the water bath canner. So like dilly beans, those are so good. Those are water bath safe. Otherwise you gotta use your pressure canner. What if the food doesn't stay below or within the liquid? Um, so it's not necessarily the end of the world, Stacy. It kind of depends on the recipe. You definitely, like let's say I have a jar of pickles or cucumbers and I have them packed in there and I cover them up with boiling vinegar water. Um, I definitely want them mostly immersed, but if there's a tiny pickle point that's sticking up, I'm probably not going to go crazy as long as my headspace is correct. And sometimes after the jars come out of the canner, some of the liquid has bubbled up and left the jars before the lid sealed down and you'll have some food exposed It's not the most appetizing look because sometimes the food changes color a bit, but it doesn't mean it's rotten or bad. It just means it's exposed to the air a little bit differently. So I wouldn't worry about it too much as long as the lids of your jars are sealed. Okay. I haven't canned, or I love deer meat, but I haven't been able to do it because I just have a water bath canner. Can you can deer meat if you, hold on, Beth, I can't get the rest of your comment. Um, Can you can deer meat if you put some type of acid in the cans? No, I I would say for any sort of meat, you're going to need that pressure canner. I think adding enough acid to acidify the meat properly would just be pretty inedible. So with any sort of meat, it's probably going to be good to invest in a pressure canner. And just so you know, canned meat is good. It can look weird, like especially beef cubes in the jar. It's kind of weird looking, but it's tender and it's... uh, moist, and it's good, and it's flavorful, and I have no issue with canned meat. It's delicious. How do you keep cucumbers fresh until you can accumulate enough to do a jar of pickles? Can you can one jar of pickles at a time? You can, Deborah. It's just a lot of water and effort for one jar. So what I recommend, if you only have a handful of cucumbers and you're trying to get a batch, but it's just not going fast enough, make refrigerator pickles instead. And that is literally just taking the cucumbers and the garlic and the spices, putting them in a jar and then covering them with some vinegar water. And we have a recipe on the blog um, for quick pickles, and it'll work with beets, carrots, um, cucumbers, whatever vegetable. And that way you can have pickles. They're not going to be shelf stable, but they will last in your fridge for a long time. And that's what I do when the cucumber plants are just killing me with how long they're taking to give me fruit. Okay. What is a pressure canner? Um, Okay. So Amanda, a pressure canner is just a big pot with some crazy stuff on top. And what it does is it works via steam. So it builds pressure in this pot and the lid is on there really tightly. And the steam gets hotter than uh, boiling water. So it allows you to basically sterilize or cook those foods to the point where they're safe. Um, for the shelf and it's the li- the lids seal down and it kills any botulism spores that may be inside those jars. Um, but it is a, it's not hard to use, but there is a little bit of that learning curve because you have to understand the the pressure that builds. We don't want too much pressure, we don't want too little pressure. and the canners these days are pretty intuitive to use. You just have to figure out how they work according to whatever manufacturer you go with. Yay, hey, Tina, she just got her All-American in the mail today. You're gonna love it. Ashley says, can all Americans or pressure canners be used on a glass top stove? Oh, the glass top stove question. I get this one a lot. Um, so I have to always give two answers. There's the, uh, like the safe answer that um, water, or glass top stove manufacturers do not recommend the use of any sort of canning equipment on their stove, right? That's what they say. And then uh, actually though, when I had a glass top stove many years ago, I did can on it, both pressure canning and water bath canning. I ran the risk of cracking it. I never did crack it though. So I would say proceed at your own risk. If something goes haywire, you will have a cracked stovetop, which isn't awesome. Um, But I have gotten away with it. I know a lot of folks in the Prairie Homestead community have gotten away with it. The issue is, is that those glass top stoves, um, they don't like all that extra weight sometimes, and they don't, like the extra intense heat. So you just have to be careful. I would say it's a l- more risky to do pressure canning on it. You can usually get away a little bit more with water bath, but proceed at your own risk. Okay, uh, Andrea, she says, I am terrified to can tomatoes and sauce. I don't have a pressure canner, so is water bath okay with tomatoes? Yes, just add a little bit of um, lemon juice or vinegar, you'll be fine. And that, the ratios are on the blog, by the way, if you need them.
1: Um Karen got a mural. Awesome.
0: Bridget, I'm glad you got your canner too, because it is not a good time to try to find a pressure canner. <laughs> Brenda says any meat has to be pressure canned. Yes, that is correct. Um. Are the canners from Layman's as good as all American? You know, Jody, I haven't seen which brands they have right now, but um Layman's is an awesome resource, so I wouldn't have any heartburn about buying a canner from them. They might have, maybe they have a Presto, as I'm wondering what they have. That might be the brand. They're a little bit of a different model than an All-American, just because they don't have the double gauges, but a lot of people do um, Prestos, and they're fine. Tina says, will you be doing canning classes soon? So I um, have the online canning class. I don't have I haven't done in-person canning classes yet, but if you can get all of my canning instruction on the learnhowtocan.com page. So go check that out. Where do you get the gauge tested? So uh, look in your manual, or if you don't have a manual, just Google. Let's say you have a a Presto canner. I would Google Presto canners and pull up their website. They should have a program that allows you to mail in a gauge to have it tested, or oftentimes your local county extension office will test them for free. You just have to give them a call. Bonnie says, I'd like to can vegetables, beet, spinach, green beans, chard. Would it be possible to start out with a pressure canner or can any of those in a water bath canner? So um, for all of those things, so Bonnie, I don't know, canned spinach and chard might not be super yummy. You might not like that result just because greens can get a little slimy and weird. I would maybe freeze those but you absolutely can do green beans. I would say any of these low acid vegetables, it might be wise for you to invest in a pressure canner. Otherwise, you can stick with water bath, you just need to acidify those vegetables by making them into pickles, right? Or putting them in a relish with acid, something like that. Okay. So you hot packed mushrooms this morning, cool. A little siphoning, but happy with the results. What is the best way to can pinto or black beans? Um, And what affordable pressure canner would you buy? So for dry beans like pintos, black beans, navy beans, you'll definitely need to use a pressure canner because they're a low acid food. And what I do is I soak them overnight, uh, drain the water, put them back in a pot with fresh water, bring them just to a boil, and then I put the hot beans and the hot liquid into a jar and pressure can it that way. We have a blog post with all of that Um, all the details and stuff on the prairiehomestead.com. But I love canned beans. They're awesome for the pantry. You don't have to worry about defrosting them. They're a really quick meal. And as far as an affordable pressure canner, um, Prestos or something like a Presto is more affordable than an All-American. But I still, if you can budget in or save up for an All-American, I still think it's worth it. So kind of up to you. All right. Is it possible to can in an Instant Pot No, it is not. Um, So a pressure cooker and a pressure canner are two different things. Now, I have heard a couple people when I've talked about this say that there is a different model or some sort of electric pressure cooker out there that you can also can in. I have not used that or seen that personally. So it's up to you to do the homework to figure that out. I still would say if you're going to pressure can, it's probably best to invest in a pressure canner that is made expressly for that purpose. Can you put salt in tomatoes? Yes, absolutely. Salt is something you can always add or subtract from a canning recipe, and it will not hurt the safety of the food. There are there are some things with canning that are non-negotiables, like acid levels, right? It's really important we stick with that. But with salt, it doesn't ha- actually do much as far as preservation value in canning. So if you need to omit it, you can. If you want to add it, you can. Um, totally fine. Have you heard of a steam canner? I have, um, Cheryl. I don't have any experience with them. So maybe that's the next thing I should explore is steam canning. I know some people love them. Um, I haven't done enough research to have an educated opinion on them yet, though. Tina asked, does the, uh, the lemon juice n- have to be from an actual lemon? Um, actually, it's best in this case to use bottled lemon juice for canning because lemons, you know, freshly squeezed lemon juice varies. They have different levels of acidity and you kind of don't know what you're going to get. But in the case of bottled lemon juice, it's at 5% acidity and that's what we need to be trustworthy for canning. So use bottled lemon juice for this and then use your fresh lemons for lemonade or whatever else. The name of the pectin is Pomona's Pectin. Okay. Brenda says, I have a question. I canned whole tomatoes the other day in pint jars, and one of the pints was only half full. It's sealed, so is it okay to use? Um, As long as it's sealed, Brenda, I would say that is fine. I'd say next time, you want to make sure you get that head space up, even if you just have to add extra liquid, right? Um, Because it's usually those half full jars, I'll just stick them in the fridge, because oftentimes they just won't seal. Made my first batch of jam today. Go, Courtney, go. Love it. Bridget says, my goal is to can a year's worth of tomato sauce, and I've never done it before. I'm learning a lot and can't wait to grow on it on all the years to come. Yes. Okay. Can I can potatoes without boiling and peeling them first? They turn out... Hold on. My phone will not expand your comments, so I can only read half of them. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to keep punching my screen here. So I can't read the rest of your question, Brenda, because it won't open it, um, but it... Um, I would say whatever, I haven't canned potatoes in a long time. So I would say go with the USDA website or the National Center for Home Food Preservation. If they say you need to boil them first, um, I think that's going to be the best way to go. And I, that's the thing with potatoes. They get, they do get mushy. So it's kind of one of those things. It's not my favorite thing to can because I just rather eat them fresh or frozen. Um... Emma says, having never done any canning before, what should I can for my first attempt? I would go with jams or jellies. They're super easy, and the results are usually really crowd-pleasing. Or you know what? Honestly, um, if you're worried about the pectin, because sometimes that can be a little bit confusing, I realize as I say that. So even just pickles, if you like pickles or applesauce, applesauce was one of the first things I canned, and it's really hard to mess that up. So I, I would try one of those. Okay, how do you know if what you can has botulism? I was given some jams and jellies and one of them had mold and now I'm concerned. So that's a great question. And also there is no really surefire way to know if your food has botulism in it. Like sometimes foods will be canned improperly and like you said, they'll get mold or the lids will pop off because the gases in the food start, you know, the the food starts to ferment. And produces gases and it pops the lid off, and then you know, do not eat it. Or if it smells really bad, but botulism can be invisible. So um, it's, it's not something you can see with the naked eye. So you just need to, you know, if you're doing it yourself, that's why I'm such a fanatic about canning safety. But if you're getting food from someone else, you really have no way to uh, guarantee that they were using proper canning methods. I will say that, that acidic foods are less of a concern because they have that naturally occurring acid, but I won't say that they're necessarily foolproof either. So it's kind of one of those things you just have to be really careful with. Okay. With refrigerator pickles, can I reuse the mixture in the jar instead of dumping it out? I do, Mandy. Yeah, absolutely. The pickles come out, you can put a few more in. Yep. Uh, Anna says I canned pickles, or I canned peaches, sorry. And I forgot the lemon. I assume they're ruined. Um, Anna or Anna, or Anna. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. It's not ruined, actually. The lemon juice in a peach recipe is more for coloration, preventing that oxida- oxidization. Um, so you should be fine. It's a little different than the tomato sauce. So I would have no problem eating those. How do you keep pickles from turning soft after canning? Pickles can be tricky. So the the key is, is you have to start with really crisp cucumbers. So that means the smaller, the better generally. Um, And also, the sooner you can take the cucumbers from vine to jar, the better. Cucumbers that have been sitting on the store shelf for a long time or sitting in your fridge for a long time, it's almost impossible to keep those super crispy. Um, So you want them cold. Ice cold. Um, you can keep them in ice water. You can need to can them right away, and make sure you start with really little pickles. Some people will put calcium chloride or um, black tea or grape leaves in their pickles in an effort to keep them crisp, because there's something called tannins in tea or leaves or whatever that are supposed to help with that crispness. I have just not noticed a difference, and I've tried that over and over. And if I start with a big old fat cucumber, I usually have a mushy pickle, and there's not much I can do about it. So. My best advice, start small, keep them cold, and can them right away. Okay,
1: let's see. Do you pro-
0: pressure can salsa? Um, You can water bath can salsa as long as you follow a recipe that has um a good amount of acid in it, right? So if you have a salsa recipe that is very, very mild and not tangy, that may be one you need to pressure can, but most salsas have enough vinegar or lemon juice or whatever in there that it's good to water bath. Just follow a approved recipe and you should be fine. Okay. Scrolling guys. i got a lot of questions. Um, what are your thoughts on citric acid replacing lemon juice? Megan, you can use citric acid. I've heard some debate on citrus acid in the natural food world. They say it's GMO derivative. I don't know. It's, not as natural as lemon juice, but if all I had in my cupboard was citric acid, I would use it. I wouldn't probably worry about it too much. Okay. Do jars need to be covered completely by water when pressure canning? No, they actually do not. Now, in water bath canning, it is crucial. You have the jars completely covered by a couple inches of water. In pressure canning, um, make sure that there's two or three inches covering up the bottom of the pot and the bottom of the jars, and that's it. The steam will do the rest. Okay. Is the canning process pretty much the same for everything, veggies, peaches, meat, etc.? Um, Yes and no. They follow the same method in so much as that you get the jars hot, you prep the food, you put the food in the jars, you fill the jars up to headspace appropriateness, you wipe the ribs and you put the lids on, but there's a lot of variables in how you prepare the food how you heat the food, how long you process the food. So that's where you really need to follow a good, solid uh, recommendation. And I can't stress that enough. There's a lot of bad canning advice floating around out there on internet, on blogs. Um, So go with a trusted authority so you do not have to worry if your food is safe. I love the Ball Blue Book. I've used that for years. I have an ancient copy that is tattered and dog-eared and I look at it all the time. If you don't have that book, check out the USDA recommendations or the National Center for Home Food Preservation. So those are my go-tos when I need to know how long to can something, if I can water bath it, if I need to pressure can it, all that sort of stuff. Debbie says, I would need to do a small quantity canning since it is just hubby and I. Do I need to adjust the recipes or time when water or pressure canning? So with a small batch, whether you have one jar in the canner or seven, the amount of time you process the jars for and the amount of pressure you use in the case of pressure canning is going to be the same, right? Whether there's a bunch or just a few. Okay, I'm scrolling here. I'm almost out of time, but I will answer a few more here. Try to get to the bottom. There's a lot of questions. Can you do double layers in a water bath canner? No, unfortunately, you shouldn't stack your jars in a water bath pot. You can in a pressure canner if you have a rack in between. But water bath, you just got to do one layer, which is a little bit of a bummer. Like you said, you're using four ounce jars. What is the shelf life of canned jellies? Um, So the shelf life generally that they say for home canned foods is 12 to 18 months. Now, That is more talking about how long they project the seal of a lid being good for. I will say that as long as your jars are sealed correctly and you use safe canning practices when you did the canning, you can use the food for longer than 18 months. And I have many examples of that in my pantry. Um, It's really more about the, the food degrading in nutritional content over time versus it going bad or rotten. So peaches that are three years old probably won't have as many vitamins left as peaches that are six months old in a jar, but you can still eat them as long as the lids were sealed. Um, Is oven canning for things like dry beans safe? So no, oven canning is not recommended um, really ever. (laughs) So I know some people have done oven canning for like flour and beans, and I'd have to look at that a little bit more. But I... That might be different, um, because dry beans are probably going to be shelf stable on their own if they're not cooked first. But when it comes to other canning projects, oven canning, inversion canning, just it's really not a great idea, and it's just not just not safe. Okay, um,
1: let's see, seeing some repeats
0: here. So um, if you just logged on and you have a question, there's a good chance we answered it already. So you might want to go back and watch the replay once it pops up on the page, or you can head over to the podcast, Old Fashioned on Purpose, this uh, video. I'm also recording for the podcast and it will be up next week.
1: Okay, let's see.
0: Can you freeze cabbage without cooking it? Um... I haven't frozen a lot of cabbage, but I would think you could freeze it without getting, it getting slimy and weird. I don't see why that would be a problem. I mean, the texture won't be probably exactly the same as fresh, but not probably not horrible. I could be wrong. Let me know, somebody, if you've tried uncooked frozen cabbage and it's a disaster. Um, no racks and water baths. So let me clarify, Amy. You do need a rack on the bottom of your water bath pot. That's important to help the jars not break. But it is not recommended that you put A layer of jars and then a rack and then another layer of jars in the water bath pot they just won't seal correctly. Okay Brenda says yes just use freezer bags get the air out when thought it will have a lot of water but it cooks up really good. Awesome good to know about the frozen cabbage debate. So okay guys I have to go check on my children who are in the house Christian is with my oldest at a 4-H steer clinic today. So I am here with the other two and they tend to be very creative in the things they do when mom is preoccupied. So I got to go run in the house and give them uh, a check to make sure all is well. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for chiming in and the hearts and the thumbs up. Um, maybe we'll do this again before canning season is over. Cause I know there's maybe some questions we didn't get answered today and don't forget If you need someone to guide you along in the process with canning this year, go on over to learnhowtocan.com. I have the videos, I have the ebook. It's easy, it's affordable, and it's the best thing to having you over into my kitchen and canning together. So thanks again, friends. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will talk soon.